Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, and I edit and publish the website, theweeklydriver.com. My colleague and friend is Bruce Aldrich, and today we're going to talk the wonderful world of insurance. Uh, Everybody who drives a car has to have insurance or should have insurance, and it's the time of the year where winter driving means shorter hours. We also have Halloween uh, less than a week away. So today we're going to talk to an insurance expert, uh, Melanie Musson, and she represents carinsurancecomparison.com. Melanie, uh, thanks for being our guest today. We look forward to chatting with you about the wonderful world of insurance. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Melanie, on the horizon is Halloween, and that means that families take their children out. Uh, If the mother and father um, uh, care about their children and themselves, they dress for Halloween at night with lights and flashlights, or maybe they go out before it's dark. But since that's on the horizon, why don't you tell, tell us about the extra needs for safety during the Halloween season? Yes. So the responsibility for safety around Halloween, as far as um, pedestrians versus vehicles, the responsibility lies both with parents taking their kids out or caregivers with kids and with drivers. Obviously, um, you'd probably put a little more responsibility on the drivers, but parents should also, there are things that parents can do to help make the Halloween experience safer for, um, for their children. And, um, but let's start with the, with drivers. Um, first of all, drivers need to just be aware it's Halloween. If you don't have kids, I mean, some adults are more into Halloween than kids, but some adults, if, if they don't have kids, they may, it just may not be something they're thinking of, especially with Halloween being on a Monday Maybe they had all their parties the weekend before, and they're just not thinking that there could be kids out on Monday evening. So just being aware and looking for those families, those kids that are walking down the sidewalks and you know how it is. I don't know if you remember being a kid, but you're looking for those lights that are on. Those are the houses you're going to go to and you see one across the street and you just Sometimes kids don't think about there being a street. They're just heading to that light so they can get some candy. So drivers should be expecting. If they see kids, expect them to do the unexpected. I just remember when I was a kid, I could see everywhere in in the dark. And my parents always saying, oh, you know, be careful of this or that. Uh, Drivers can't see you. And I'm thinking, why? As we get older, we can't see. (laughs) We can't see. It's in the dark. uh, uh, Bruce and I have discussed it, and I've discussed it with my my, my wife and and other friends. Um, I go uh, to the visit my family, and it's about ninety miles away, uh, and so round trip one hundred eighty miles. And if I come back at night, the last two or three years, um, in at age sixty seven, I noticed that my night driving skills have have diminished quite a bit. And my friends are all the same way. Uh, so particularly if you're an older parent or a grandparent and you're driving kids around, night vision skills just aren't, for older people, just aren't as good as they once were, that's for sure. Right. And so slowing down, that's going to also be helpful with that because if you're not seeing as well, at least you'll give yourself more time to react. If it takes you, if you have to be closer to see a kid, um, 
you'll have more time to react if you're going more slowly. So especially in residential areas, take your time on Monday night. Yes. Melanie, I, under, I understand there's some uh, statistics on various days of the week when it's less safe or there's more accidents on certain days of the week. Is is Monday uh, going to be a good one or a bad one, statistically? <laughs> statistically, Monday should be a pretty good one. Um, surprisingly, weeknights have a higher um, uh, pedestrian fatality rate for Halloween than the weekend nights, Saturday and Sunday. That's very surprising. But that is how the past several years, that's what the statistics say. And um, Monday nights, though, seem to be a pretty calm one. But I wouldn't, I would not ease up on vigilance because traditionally Monday nights haven't been so bad because there's not, there is an increase in pedestrian fatalities on Halloween and definitely an increase in children fatalities. But it's still, the numbers are still so low that just a few numbers can really change the statistics. So, um, so don't let that make you complacent. Um, be watchful. There's going to be kids out. Um, hopefully this Monday night, we'll have the lowest number of accidents, hopefully none. Um, but but yeah, Monday nights seem to be a pretty good one historically. Oh, that's good. You used yes. two of my favorite words: vigilance and complacency. That was those are great <laughs> words. Thank you for that. I was thinking ghoul, ghoulish when ghoulish, she was talking ghoulish about fatalities. That's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great, uh, Melanie. I guess with course Halloween is um, toward the winter time, and uh, with uh, carinsurancecomparison.com, there's all kinds of statistics, and one that the top one of the top talking points, of course, that um, we've been told about is that winter road maintenance accounts for nearly 25% of most states' Department of Transportation budgets. That's one quarter uh, of the winter time, and there's four seasons. That's a, that's a lot. So um, why does that all uh, add up to 25%? I mean, I can assume why, but could you explain to us what the winter driving tragedies and precautions and how that all ties together sure so um municipalities local governments state governments have to spend so much money on roads in the winter because um the more even just wet roads contribute to uh, less traction and um and less control on the roads. And then as the weather, as the um, temperature drops, that traction lessens even more and um, there's a higher risk of accidents. And so um, these government, um, the people that are in charge of the departments of transportation, they are trying to make the roads as safe as they can so that drivers can get to work so that the supply chain of trucks driving across the country can get to where they need to go. Um, transportation is, is affects just about everybody. And so they, um, the department of transportation, they'll put a lot of money into keeping those roads clear. They, in some areas, they'll put down a, um, they'll spray something on the roads before they expect snow or sleet that will help, um, to melt it as it comes in some areas. They may focus more on the plowing afterwards, but 
when it when there's a snowstorm, you're going to see just about every employee that gets out on the road. You're going to see them out taking care of those roads and keeping them safe for drivers, um, so that um, that you don't see that increase in crashes that potentially accompanies every snowstorm. Well, that's pretty good because it seems like in California, at least during the summertime, that all they do is stand around holding shovels. So, but, but maybe in a maybe in the winter they're out there with their plow trucks. Every once in a while, in the winter time, they really put they really do their time. Perfect. Uh, yes. Some tips to keep your uh, vehicle uh, running well and uh, make it work best for you in the winter time are. Uh, specific tires, uh, there's uh, specific winter or even studded tires you can buy, keep your window um, wipers clean and new, and uh, oh, also the uh, uh, the fluid in them for the wipers, very important. Yeah. Uh, wh- what other types of things do people do for wintertime driving? Or should they do? Yeah, what should well, they be doing? They should, what should they do? Yeah, you mentioned tires. That is really probably one of the most um, critical maintenance, um, maintenance areas you can address with your car, um, because of the reduced traction that accompanies the, uh, icy or slushy, snowy roadways, you really need your tires to be gripping as much as possible. And so when it comes to purchasing tires, you have to weigh where you live. Um, it's not going to make sense for somebody that gets one snowfall a year to switch over to winter tires during the winter. It's just, it just doesn't make sense. You're not going to take, make use of that um, cost and time investment to buy the tires and have them switched twice a year. But if you live where there is a lot of snow, um, then it, it's probably worth it because you're going to, you're going to appreciate those snow tires several times during the winter, if not every week or every couple days during the winter. And, um, but a good, if you're kind of in between, you have some snow, you don't want to put the investment into getting two sets of tires. You can opt for four season tires. Those are not the same as all season tires. All season tires are just your generic tire, but four season tires, the, they have a little snowflake, um, on them and that those have been through testing and they have a little bit of softer rubber than your all season tires. And so they're able to grip in those colder temperatures a little bit better. So that's, that's one thing to look for is um, good tires. Make sure your tires have good tread and make sure they're properly inflated. Um, that just helps them, helps your handling more when they're properly inflated. And it also helps the tires to wear better and to last longer. And then you're going to want to pay attention to the fluid that you use for your windshield, for your windshield um, wiper fluid. Um, Some fluids will only stay liquid until 32 degrees. And that's not going to be good if your temperature drops below that. If you've ever driven on slushy roads, they are, they can splash so much dirt up into your windshield that if you don't have fluid in there that's liquid you're not going to be able to see and that is going to um, make your driving experience even more hazardous so look for a fluid that has a temperature rating below what you would expect your coldest temperature to be this coming winter so 
Like where I live, I look for negative 30 or negative 40 because I know it's going to dip into the negative 20s several times through the winter. And I don't want to get caught having my fluid frozen up because it's not going to do me any good. So kind of anticipate, look forward, think about how cold it's going to get that winter and make sure the fluid you get is cold enough. Now, a lot of times the if you get your oil changed, they'll top off your fluids and you might want to ask them, what temperature rating is that windshield wiper fluid that you're putting in there? Because you can't just depend on them to put what you need in. They might just be using what they have left over from the summer. So double check because you really want to have fluid that's going to be able to, um, that's going to be able to keep your windshield clear of all that winter road grime that could get splashed up. Yeah, I'll second that. I've had my uh, windshield wiper uh, fluid freeze on me, and <laughs> that's no fun. It makes it worse. And, no. yeah, oh, yeah. I also like the uh, the tire thing. I've uh, For a number of years, I've switched tires twice a year, and what a huge difference between a normal uh, four-season tire versus a, uh, or I should say all-season tire versus yeah. a snow tire. It's just amazing yeah. the difference in uh, traction. We should say right. that we uh, Bruce and his wife live in Sacramento, and they also have a uh, a home in Truckee, which is what a hundred miles away, Bruce, hundred and ten, about a hundred miles, yeah, hundred miles. And so obviously that's at high altitude, and there's snow. And and Bruce, uh, prior to his current pickup truck, had a what we call a Subi, had a Subaru, Subaru Outback, and oh. he would he would you know change the tires. He would tell me stories, and he. He and uh, his wife, Aline, would be on their way, and there'd be people on the side of the road putting chains on or, you know, flustered, and, and Bruce would go right by in that Subaru because he had done his homework and acted accordingly, you know? Yes. Yeah. If you're going to need those winter tires, they are going to be well worth the investment yes. if you live where, you know, you're going you're gonna to face those conditions for sure. Another thing I was going to mention for um, staying safe on those roadways is um, practicing. And that is easier said than done. It's hard to find a place to practice. But um, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I When I first moved to uh, the Rocky Mountains, I didn't have much experience driving in snow. And so my husband took me out to practice in a parking lot and um, after a few um, spinning just a couple donuts. You hit a light pole? Not for fun. <laughs> yeah, the next thing you know, I see the flashing lights. And I said, oh, dear. And we didn't get in trouble. But um, it's, it's hard to practice. So you sometimes might need to just, when you are driving, you're not experienced, you're out driving, um, just take on a, on a back road, um, just do a little practice so that you can um, just realize it's going to, you're going to realize how much longer it takes you to stop. And that's going to help you gauge how fast you can go and how much earlier you should start slowing down before a stop sign. So you're probably not going to get in trouble like you would if you're practicing in a church parking lot, but you're still going to gain some experience if you can find kind of like a country road or, um, or maybe an abandoned parking lot where you're not going to be spinning donuts, but you're just, just going to practice stopping and starting and um, turning. And just so you can feel when you, when your tires start to slide out from under you and you can just practice your reaction to that so that you can 
gain control more quickly. And um, you, when you're in a stressful situation, those what you learned in practice will really come back to you. Um, another important thing to remember when you're driving, if you start to lose control, is to look where you want to go. My husband, he is a driving instructor, and so he always says, look where you want to go, look where you want to go. And so this past winter, I was in a situation where I started fishtailing, and I was weaving across the entire roadway, and I thought, this is it. I'm going to crash. I have my kids in the car. And then I heard his voice saying, look where you want to go, look where you want to go, and I did, and it was amazing how the car just straightened up after I looked Instead of looking at all the places I didn't want to go, I looked where I wanted to go, and and my reactions just naturally um, got the car under control again. It's well, that's, quite amazing that's, how that works. That is great. I know uh, some people call it disaster fixation. When you look where you yeah. don't want to go or where the car's going, you're going to go there. I'm, so I'm sure, yeah. look where you want to go. I'm sure your husband's no good, but at least in this situation, he's really good. <laughs> That's great. Yes, yes. Yes. I was really thankful for him, you know, <laughs> that day. But why did you get in the slide in the beginning? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I know. I, I, Yeah, I just, I went off the road just a little bit because I was anticipating my turn, and there was a big pothole off the side and just, oh, it just pulled me in, and then I overreacted, and there you go. <laughs> I was out of control. <laughs> it, it would be a good place here to remind uh, listeners that we're talking to Melanie Musk and she represents carinsurancecomparison.com. Melanie, you have so much knowledge, and uh, this is your expertise. How did, how did you become an expert in this field? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm the fourth generation in my family in insurance. My great-grandpa owned an insurance agency. My grandpa took it over. My dad and his brother worked there. Now my uncle, he... Um, runs the agency now. And so growing up, insurance was just part of our everyday conversation. We talked about it. I just had a, just a natural understanding because we talked about it all the time. And then um, that's not really where I thought I would go with my life. But when this opportunity opened up, I thought, well, I know a few things about insurance. And so now for almost seven years, I have been researching and analyzing and writing and sharing um, advice with others about insurance. And I love it because I feel like I can help people protect their finances and, um, and, you know, keep their financial stability now and in the future with the right insurance policy. Gotcha. I see. What what do you think about uh, where you live in the country is the, the winter uh, conditions, do they tend to increase the, uh, your rates if you live in, you know, Minnesota versus California or Arizona? So you would think that it would, but there are so many different factors that play into insurance that you're not going to find that the winter, that states with winter weather have higher um, insurance premiums across the board because there's so many other factors in play. So, for example, Florida has some of the highest insurance rates in the country, and they have the least amount of snow in the um, 48 states. Um, Hawaii has less than them, of course, but um, but they have high insurance rates. So, it, the winter weather does affect insurance rates, but to get a good understanding of that, you would have to compare 
a state with itself, which is impossible to do because you can't just stop winter weather from coming. But hear me out. If I took Wyoming and, um, and I just erased all their winter weather, there would be fewer car insurance claims because there would be fewer accidents due to winter driving conditions. And as a result, the insurance car insurance in that state would be lower than what it is now. But there's too many other factors to compare um, states with no snow, states with snow and say that this, that the winter driving makes it makes insurance more expensive in certain states than others. You'd have to compare the state without weather to the same state with winter weather. So it's things like the density, the traffic density, and maybe the cost of repair are more right. important than, than the winter driving conditions. Yep. Well, here's another thing that was provided, and I had scrolled through it uh, earlier today, but now I see it, and it's I think it's pretty important. It says that when you're considering the coverage types uh, that you should get for your car, your vehicles, your family, um, considering to include comprehension and collision insurance and roadside assistance, which includes coverage for battery jumps and towing. I, I, I would think that that would be something that everybody would automatically think about, but perhaps not. Right. You'd be surprised by how many people do not have roadside assistance coverage. And it's, it's a pretty easy coverage to get. You can usually get it through your insurance provider and, or you can get it from a separate, like a AAA. You can just get a roadside assistance package just from them or other, other insurers. Um, but that will simplify the process if you need help. So you, if your battery died in the winter, you can find somebody to come and give you a jump. You can do that without roadside assistance. But having that roadside assistance means that you're going to have help finding somebody and it's already paid for because you pay for it with your premium. So you'll have this expected cost each month that pays for that coverage. And then you don't have the cost, the unexpected cost of having to pay for the help you need. So that's a really great coverage to have because it kind of helps you fit unexpected things into your budget so that they don't, um, you know, ruin your, you can't buy Christmas presents for people because you're paying for a tow and a flat tire repair. And, um, and so, yeah, roadside assistance is a really good idea, a really good coverage to consider, especially with the winter approaching and maybe an increased need of uh, having to rely on that because they, they also, they'll do the towing if you slide off the road, um, you lock yourself out, they'll cover um, getting you back into your car. There's just a lot of things that, um, that where you could potentially take advantage of having that coverage. I've, I've used uh, coverage one time, I hit a deer, and so the, <laughs> I needed a tow in, but that's the only time. I've never had a dead battery or anything else, but, but it does happen. Yeah. Melody, yep, uh, every once every once in a while, you re read a, a, a miracle story about somebody who uh, their car was in a snowdrift, or they went off the road and they were lost. And uh, four days later, they they've survived. They had a uh, half of a power bar, and they found a half a bottle of uh, water in their car, and somehow they miraculously survived. And sometimes people don't survive. They find a, a person who's deceased in a car that's in winter conditions. So I I uh, 
expect that you would say also that people should, you know, put something in their trunk, a, a safety box or, a, you know, something that would be um, some canned foods or something that they could live on. Uh, because Blanket, of a, gloves. A blank, all that kind of stuff for catastrophe. So what do you recommend in, in that area? So an emergency kit should be a part of every person's car. And some of the things that you should look at, um, of course, first aid supplies, um, gauze, bandages, in case, in case um, whatever, if you got slid off the road and crashed into a tree and you need to bind up some wounds, you'll have that stuff. You'll also want something to help you stay warm. So those space blankets, those are really small. You can fit several of them into your emergency kit. Um, so I would say put some of those in. Keep a nice wool blanket in the trunk of your car. Um, that's also going to help you stay warm. Um, look for high-calorie um, bars, protein bars, something that is not going to take up a lot of space but it's going to provide the maximum benefit to you for the amount, for the size that it is. And don't overlook medications. If you depend on medications to keep your body working properly, you're going to need those if you're stranded. And so pack a three-day supply, I would say, in your emergency kit so that you have those medications to keep you at your best, even if you are stranded. And um, always have water because uh, water is even more important than the food. And um, so a couple water bottles and um, water bottles in the summer, they are not, they're not great to keep in your car because of the plastics. Um, leaching into the water. Um, so try to remember to change out. If you're keeping an emergency supply of water in your car, switch that out with the seasons. But if you forget to, it's going to be better for you to drink that plastic, that plasticky water than to go without water at yes, all. Yes, agreed. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, so change it. But if you don't, don't, don't avoid drinking water um, because, because of that, because it'll still have the hydration that that you need to stay alive in an emergency situation. Sure. Melanie, before we uh, wrap up today's episode, uh, is there some area that we haven't touched upon that um, comes readily to mind that we should be aware of? Uh, all consumers, people who drive cars, obviously in the wintertime, that's why we're talking today. Is there something else that you can share with us um, in our remaining couple of minutes? Well, I would just recommend that you look over your insurance coverage. We talked about getting roadside assistance, but um, with the increased risk of uh, traffic accidents due to winter driving conditions, if you don't have full coverage, so comprehensive collision coverage, um, you and you get into an accident, you slide off the road, you um, you crash into another driver, a rear end, somebody at a stop sign, your car, your insurance company will not pay for your car to be fixed unless you have that collision coverage. And so um, every state, almost every state requires liability coverage. So if you damage another person's car or property, your insurance company will take care of their damages. But unless you have first party coverage, your insurance company won't cover your damage and you'll be left to pay for that out of pocket. Now, if you have a loan on your vehicle or you're leasing it, they're going to require you 
to carry um, full coverage. But if you own your car outright, it's completely up to you. It's not required by any state to carry that full coverage. And so you have to kind of balance the cost of full coverage versus the value of your vehicle. And as a general rule, if your car is newer than 10 years old, you probably should have full coverage on it. Great. Yep, that's a good rule of thumb. Well, Melanie, thank you. Uh, in, for the last half hour, we uh, I learned a lot. You've covered, we've covered a lot of bases, and we want to again thank Melanie Musson, a car expert who represents CarInsuranceComparison.com. The site's great. There's all kinds of information on there. So, Melanie, thank you again uh, for being our guest on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Very much appreciated, and um, all the best to you and your uh, family. Well, thank you. Okay, take care. Bye-bye now.